This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. And so far, the big topic has been long-term care. And uh, yesterday, the Minister of Long-Term Care introduced new legislation that will make it possible for nursing homes that are negligent or that don't do their jobs to be fined up to a million dollars. Uh, maybe it'll be easier for them to get fined because under the current law, they can get fined, but they haven't been. So um, that is one cause for skepticism. And we've heard some skepticism from our callers. They're also doubling the number of inspectors and the inspectors will now have the ability to lay a charge without going through uh, whatever lengthy uh procedure they had to go to in the past. And you know what? A couple of days ago, when I talked to some stakeholders, they said, well, will the inspection regime create more work for people who are understaffed if they've been running a good nursing home? So I don't know. Nobody seems happy with anything. Uh, It does seem like progress to me, what I've seen, the proof is in the pudding. You know, um, if there's a new law, is the law going to be followed? They're putting money into training. Uh, are they able to attract people, good people to do this job? Uh, I don't think that the money is the only issue. It's also working conditions. Anyway. Let me give the numbers before we get right to it. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, hi, Melanie in High Park. Hi, nice to uh, speak with you again. It's been so long. I'm wondering who's going to inspect the inspectors. From a personal uh, opinion and experience, I did call an inspector against something that was done illegally next door by my neighbor. That has he, nothing to no, do with just, long-term care, no, know, Melanie. It's a different to, level of I, government. I, uh, an inspector by something. I, I did that once, too. Uh, no answer from the city. That's the city. It's It has to do with uh, building permits. You are talking about about provincial inspectors in long-term care, and that is a different thing. Uh, One of the concerns was that they are going to hire away nurses from long-term care because the pay would be better to be a provincial inspector than to work in long-term care. So uh, that is another interesting wrinkle in all of this, but don't be comparing it to the other stuff. It's totally different. One is City Hall, one is Queen's Park. Okay, we'll get to Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. Um, my concern about, like, I operated a small business for years, and, and mind you, we were a union company, but it doesn't matter. 
But the fact that some companies think that they can terminate people for not getting the vaccine. By the way, I've had double, I'm doubly vaccinated and I'm probably going to get the booster shot. But any company or any business or even government that thinks they can terminate people because they won't get the vaccinations, which they're threatening to do and some already done it, um, they're in going to be in major problem. And it would be nice to hear from a couple of um, um, labor lawyers on your program because the lawsuits will be unbelievable. It will bankrupt companies. It could bankrupt this mm. thing like the TTC if they do it. Okay, well, here's so it. let let me just tell you what's happening. So the, there are split opinions from labor lawyers, but most of them think that, yes, uh, uh, employers will be able to do that, and it depends uh, where they're regulated. So, for instance, that's the policy for federal civil servants, right? The government is uh, going to terminate people, and they didn't even make a distinction from people who can work at home who don't get vaccinated. That's a Trudeau thing. So that industries. Uh, which are federally regulated, I think that's going to give them perfect shade. The city of Toronto is doing the same thing. Uh, so again, businesses that come under that, uh, I think the big, there is a question mark with the province because they haven't done it as far as I know. So, uh, um, like I've, we're, uh, I'm not in business anymore, but they're we have a family business, and they have that problem. Here's the situation that they 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 know they cannot terminate the people for doing for not getting the vaccination, but in their particular business, they these people go to uh, various businesses to to do their services. Now they're restricted to where they go. So that means that the ones who are vaccinated can go anywhere, but the ones who are not. Uh, so they may not get as many hours of, in because they can only go to certain places. Um, as far as the uh, whether you've been vaccinated or whether you're not, if you have been deemed to have had the virus and you are have immunities, I don't think you should have to get the vaccination. I haven't had it, but a friend of mine has. And she has a lot of immunities, and this should be considered. If you have the virus and you have the uh, the antibodies, you should be qualified not to. Uh, not well, to no, there. That's not the guidance from medical people. Uh, no. You do have more antibodies if you've had the virus. Right. Uh, they're not entirely. Not entirely sure when it wanes. And the guidance from medical experts is that even if you had the disease, get the vaccine. Uh, we lost Bob. That was something weird on his uh, telephone. And people, just a reminder, uh, when we take your call, make sure you turn down the radio because that's going to be a bad echo if you don't do that. So, um, yeah. Um, the, what I've heard from labor lawyers, and maybe I should have another panel of labor lawyers on soon. We did at the beginning when it was really confusing, but most of what I've read seems to think that it's not going to be a problem. Now, uh, UHN was in court just yesterday, the University Health Network. They were taken to court by unvaccinated staff, uh, who, um, were, uh, 
protesting, I guess, being terminated. Uh, their termination, I think, was there was an injunction and it was heard in court yesterday. I have to check on what the outcome was. I doubt there's already a decision. But the argument was uh, the UHN lawyer said, you know, the court had no jurisdiction to decide this. They are healthcare workers. And uh, remember, the other side of this for employers is that they are definitely legally bound to, to supply a safe workplace. And if they've got unvaccinated people running around, that's not safe. So um, that's where we're at on that question. Um, let me take a call from Jane in Coburg. Hi, Jane. Hi, Libby. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your program. Thank you. I'm afraid that mine is not going to be a happy um, question either. First of all, the optometrists are still withholding their services to the young and old, and it's now two months. How many people will have serious eye problems due to this, and how long will it take for the backlog for those of us who, I'm one of the older end, obviously, um, to have an eye test. That's another thing. I have called my MPP's office in Coburg more than once, left my email address and my telephone number, and was told that I would receive information if there was any change or any movement. Obviously, there has not been. And uh, I, I just... I'm so sad. Not everybody has the money. I know this, but we're not even allowed to pay for it. Exactly. We're not we're allowed not to pay allowed for it. We're not allowed to pay the difference between what they get and and what um, an insurance company would pay if I was still working and was younger. I could have my eyes tested. Yep. Um, I the 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 surprising thing to me in all of this is that uh, the government has allowed it to go on so long. It's a fee dispute. Uh, you know, I they both say they both are saying things. I don't want to wade into a fee dispute about who's right and who's wrong, but uh, it's right. gone on for a long time, and people are getting hurt. Uh I do have a, well, um, perhaps a suggestion. Okay, well, we'll see if they're listening. Christine Elliott, are you out there? I was wondering if you could get a representative from the optometrist and a representative from the government on with you at the same (laughs) time time. and answer questions from listeners. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing. You know, if they won't, uh, uh, if they if they won't be together in the same room at the same time, um, then uh, I, I don't think uh, uh, you know. I don't think they'll want to mediate a fee dispute here on the radio. Well, <laughs> one one day on the next day, <laughs> but okay. it, I think some of the questions will be about. The eye care. I actually did ask my MPP's assistant, not the MPP himself. Yeah, good luck with you. Can't even get your MPP. No, right? not to speak to. Oh, um, my goodness. Uh, speaking said, to a constituent. Oh, you don't want to do that. They're far too important. Well, I said if I went to Quebec, for example, and, and paid for an eye test, would you reimburse me? <laughs> and they said, no. <laughs> 
that's the that is the answer. No, that's right. And I don't know why Mr. Ford couldn't immediately, quite honestly, change the law to say that we could pay the difference if we wished. I understand not everybody has the money. I'm, I'm aware of that. No, well, that. there there are all all kinds of ways. I guess they could change the law, but right now it's a stalemate, and let's hope that uh, that they'll sort it out soon. Soon, let's hope they sort it out soon. Yeah, uh, I know. I. I yeah. Okay. That, Thanks, thank Jane. you very much for your time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Let me give the numbers out again. It's a free for all Friday. And uh, there's a lot to talk about today. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And here's another thing that I would like to throw out. And that is this whole business of the mayor, the Toronto mayor's role in this saga with Rogers Communications. So it has really gotten a lot of play in the last week. And I think there's no question that he's done everything right in terms of clearing it with the ethics commissioner, declaring conflicts, recusing himself from any decision that involves Rogers. Yeah. Um, but where we're at right now is I have heard a lot of people debating, is he in conflict or not in conflict um, as the mayor of Toronto? And I think, I don't think that's not a good place to be where this is kind of a water cooler topic. And again, by my reading on it, uh, you know, it could all come down to him. He could have the deciding vote on what happens to this huge major company that has, uh, you know, tens of thousands of customers, 24,000 employees, uh, and uh, does huge business. So, I mean, that's what I'm wondering about. Is that the right place for the mayor? And I don't know, maybe we talked to some people who know him well yesterday. And, you know, maybe it was all fine when this was kind of under the radar. But, you know, now um, it's front and center and a big, huge national thing. So I'm wondering, what do you think? What do you think? The numbers, uh, wait, before we do that, let's, uh, let's hear that clip of him. He sounded upset, actually. He said this was the last thing he would say about it. I made a commitment to my friend who had such a huge role in my life and his family who've been so important to my life, to my business career and to my personal life, that I would try to help with some of the difficulties they might experience that perhaps he contemplated. And I have done so at no expense to my service to the people of Toronto and to my complete attention to my job, including months during this pandemic where I was at work on the job for people of the city, as they know, every single day. Yeah, he uh, he sounded pretty upset to me. But anyway, what do you think? Um, you know, I, I just don't think the whole thing is putting him in a very good position. And, um, you know, uh, yesterday we're talking to Bob Richardson, who said he talked to the mayor recently, and the mayor is still deciding whether he's going to run for a third term. Mm, I, he seems to love this job. I find that a bit hard to believe. But he also said, you know, it would be a shame if he decides against running, uh, that people would think this is the reason. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, 
What do you think of that? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's hear from Wayne on Toronto Island. Hello, Wayne. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. Um, what I'm interested in is I read in one of the dailies that uh, the mayor has been uh, at some of the board meetings on city time. So it would be nice if he agreed to an audit of his time on the boards and any time that he did spend on sitting on these boards uh, that involves city time, he should reimburse the taxpayer. Oh, you know what? If, if there's one thing you got to say for him, he probably works 16 hours a day and he shows up. I remember way back when, when, uh, uh, I'm having a, a brain clog, but one of our previous na- mayors, June, what was her last name? Um, was the mayor like, you never saw her anywhere, right. anywhere. Um, he is everywhere. Uh, lately, virtually, obviously, but he's he's everywhere. He is at work. He's like the first person at work at City Hall. He's as he said, he's at his desk at six. So I think that in terms of time, that is the one thing that you can't get him on. He well, spends a lot know. of time, uh, even though on know? that particular day, uh, I'm not questioning whether or not he works hard. I'm sure he does, but I mean, we don't know, do we? Oh, I, I think it's pretty clear that he works hard. Um, you know, whether you like the outcome or not, that's up to you as a voter. June Rollins, thanks for reminding me how quickly they forget. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that there are some issues with this. I don't, I, I personally don't think it has to do with whether he's putting in enough hours. Well, a bit of transparency would be nice, I think. Okay, well, yeah. That that is, uh, that's a good question, Wayne. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. You too. Uh, let's go to De- Dolores in Little Britain. Hi, Libby. Hi. I'm calling because I was I was just briefly listening to all the comments made about Mayor Tory. Um, number one, I'm not a conservative. Number one, I don't live in Toronto, but I have watched Mayor Tory over the years, and I have nothing but. Uh, respect for him. He's a very honorable man, and I don't think he would do anything to put the city of Toronto in any compromising position at all. Right. I, but I think this might be putting him in a compromising position. <laughs> well, I don't think so, because for, for the plain and simple reason, like I said, he's a very ethical man, and, and if people know him, which I do not, by the way, but they know of him and they know of that the way he has conducted business over the years. I don't think that anybody has anything to be concerned about. Yeah, I I would agree that that he is uh, an ethical man. But uh, again, like the question is, is is this an appropriate thing for the mayor of Toronto to be involved in? As far as I'm concerned, he made this commitment to Ted Rogers before he became mayor. Yeah, well, um, you know, um, there are certain things that people have to abandon when they're in public office. And again, he, it was one thing then it's a different thing now, but, um, I don't think there's, um, much, um, much argument that, that he's a good guy, you know, but is this the right thing? And according to the Toronto sun, 
John Tory made almost $700,000 from Rogers while he's been mayor. Now, it was reported that he makes $100,000 a year from this advisory role. And that's something, I mean, I that role probably commands a lot of money uh, for, uh, you know, whatever it is that they do, but also there's liability. So, yeah, there is liability in that role, but that is a fair amount of money. Again, he's a very wealthy man, but that's uh, quite a chunk of change. Uh, so, again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We've got to take another break, but we will be back with more of your calls and your comments on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And before the break, we were talking about John Tory and his involvement in this Rogers brouhaha. And... Um, I'm wondering, is he being hurt by this? There be there are people who are debating, is he in conflict with this? Is he not in conflict? I mean, again, obviously he cleared it with an ethics commissioner. He recuses himself when there's any uh, question or deal involving Rogers that comes up. Uh, but again, you know, I think Maybe it was one thing when it was all pretty under the radar with a number of meetings a year. And now that it has exploded into the public in such a big, huge corporation. And again, I think it could well end up where he's the decider on who gets control of that company. And you think, really, should the mayor of the Toronto be be? doing that. And again, the, the Toronto Sun reporting he made almost $700,000 from Rogers. And, you know, politics, there's a conflict and there's an appearance of a conflict. And the optics on things are, you know, just as important as the reality. Uh, let's hear from Joseph in Toronto. Hi, Joseph. Oh, hi, Libby. Um, you know, if 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 he is in a um, a position of conflict, uh, then I think the pundits should come out and say what the conflict is specifically, uh, because the way I see it and the way the media has presented it, um, you know, Rogers has a lot of entertainment revenues and companies out there, and they run a, a whole bunch of different things. Um, who knows behind the scenes what they're asking for? You know, maybe they want Rogers Center, they want people to, you know, go in there with no masks. And can you imagine the mayor being put in, in a position of that? We we just don't know what, what's behind the scenes, Libby. Well, it's but a struggle. It's, scenarios. it's it's a struggle for control, you know. Well, we know it's a struggle for controls, and the control would be from from the pundits to say, well, you know, get rid of Tory because we want to go in this direction, but because of what he's invested and put in 
um, with the pandemic measures, uh, he's just an obstacle. So get rid of him. But but let's go back to... I, I'm not mean. really understanding what you're saying. And like pundits, you know, like we, we can... Pundits can... Well, the they pundits, can give an opinion, the but... Pundits, yeah, but the pundits, Libby, are the people that are are saying that there's a conflict of interest. Some so people say there's there's see, a conflict. What it is. Yeah, what, what, what is the conflict? What is the conflict? Come out and say it. Well, there are some people who say the fact that he's collecting money is a conflict. There are some people who are saying the time is a conflict. And, uh, you know, I'm not and calling think, it... And I, and I, think, they're, I think they're wrong. Oh, well, like yeah, that's... That, it would be like me saying, you know, Libby is in conflict with, you know, Zoomer, Zoomer radio, but, but you've got to be more specific than that. I, like we say, it, this is just a matter of them uh, taking control and, and they just want him out. So no, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's a question of wanting them out. It's a, it's a huge company that has a lot to do with the city. And uh, people are saying that's not a good look. And what I'm saying is that even just to have people debating this is not good for him. Uh, but, um, yeah, he did everything. But, you know, situations change. Darko in Etobicoke. Hi, Darko. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I live in a small town, local city, human city. But, you know, like the local councillor was a barber who had a business, right? So, like, in municipal politics, you have all these uh, politicians who may be independent business owners. you got a, I guess, uh, a premier even in Ontario who has a business. I guess he's supposed to be removed from it, but he still knows it's his family business, you know. But unless you change the law for, you know, if you're mayor of Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, all these bigger cities, I could see where that's an issue. But the way it stands now... It's allowed, right? You, you don't have to. You're not like a cabinet minister in a federal government or a provincial government where you have to be. That's true. I have an issue with it, but a Tories thing, it's not part of what municipal uh, representatives have to do. Yeah, you've got a really bad line there, Darko. It might be windy here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't think anybody is saying that, that he has... He has uh, respected the law, but the question is, is this appropriate? Uh, and the circumstance obviously has changed. Anyway, Darko, thanks for your call, but you are absolutely right. The rules for people who are involved in municipal politics are very different from the rules for cabinet ministers. I think MPs can also keep a business on the side. Um, I'm pretty sure about that, though I probably should check it. Um, so um, we still have some time left. So let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And I will take a call from Pat. Hi, Pat. Libby, um, I do want to comment on the um, on the healthcare and long term care issue, but I'm really I'll, I'm just going to jump in for, on one comment with regard to Tory. Tory is probably the best politician we have in Canada, and if we're going to attack the man, I can see we're going to go to the point where we're going to say we can't have any lawyers, you can't have anybody with the university degree, and you can't have anybody who has a net worth over a million dollars. I mean. It's that's a very very slippery uh, slope. 
But that's my two cents worth on that. But I have my solution on the on the other issue of the long-term care. And, you know, I always harp on the issue of this is all a money issue. So my suggestion is, on a long-term basis, we significantly increase the CPP. And on a short-term basis, we increase the HST by 1% to pay for this. Because it all comes down to money. It's all money issues. Okay, well, uh, I hope somebody who can do that is listening. (laughs) Well, but where does money come from otherwise? It comes from us. Exactly. But one of the nicest things about HST, it's a very easy way to take the money out of your back pocket. You really don't sort of feel it the same way you do when you're filing your income tax return. So that would be my suggestion. Okay, Pat, thank you for your suggestion. All right. Uh, Philip in Oakville. Hello, Philip. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not too bad. I'm out here uh, in Oakville, and I'm a little concerned with this John Tory uh, expose, which we've had in the news lately. I find that, unfortunately, with this, is it's kind of shining a light on people where it's not necessary to shine the light. There's no reason for any scandal. And if we go in this direction, we suddenly isolate anyone in the business community from holding public office. It's as though because you're involved in business, you have to relinquish your civil responsibilities to perhaps people who are, I wouldn't want to say just socialistic in their beliefs, but certainly on the left side of the range of thought. Uh, do, you, do you think there's no such thing as conflict of interests if you have a well, business? I, I do that- think there is. Um, but I think that has to be directly, you know, usually it comes out in a scandal after the fact. But as soon as we start removing people, because they have Who's to Who's talking about removing people? Well, I mean, removing people from the chance to be in public office. I don't, they, they, I think they, there are other barriers. I don't think it's, it's having a business. I mean, there, there, there are rules. And uh, I certainly believe that John Tory has followed all the rules. It's just the situation this is what I'm saying has changed. And so you look at being right in the middle of this big, huge thing involving one of our biggest companies. And is, 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 is that the right spot for the mayor of the largest city in the country? I'm, I'm asking. Well, I I guess I'm an older person and I come from a generation where business people actually ran the business of the country. Um, And there wasn't a, a speculation as to the, the, their, their, clean hands or dirty hands in, in, in office. But I would also, I would just like to, to say, uh, he, he could have um, shares in this company. I mean, does he have to relinquish his shares in the company? No, no, I mean, no. He's, he, he, and he makes money from the company. He recuses himself from decisions involving the company. And, you know, there are people who are saying, um, even if he does, you know, everyone knows that uh, he's a Rogers guy. Uh, you know, I don't know how much force that has, but uh, you know, this is this is a big, huge thing with a big, huge company, and suddenly the mayor of Toronto's right in the middle of it. Well, I think it's a slippery slope if we start going down this exclusion um, of people from office. Um, we need a cross section of, of society in office in the business world and in other areas of society. Okay, thank you for that, Philip. All right, Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how are you doing today? Fine, how are you? I'm okay. I think 
I, the whole thing about uh, with John Tory right now and all that is just really, really petty. I think he's expressed himself very well on the, the situation, and uh, he's he's involved in this for the reasons that he said. And I think if it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, sort of slow news week, and the media wasn't jumping all over. What slow was- news week? We haven't had a slow news week forever. Okay. <laughs> In a year and a half, anyway. But in one sense, you're in the media, yep. and you're involving yourself in this. Either, you know, the media wants to milk it because they need to, or you're don't involving need yourself to. in this. So could you not be accused of conflict of interest here? No. I, uh, uh, I, I will say that I am a customer of Roger's. But uh, I, I don't, I think that's pretty well down the thing. I'm, I'm just asking because what I've been hearing all week are people very hotly debating whether or not John Tory is in a conflict. And I think just the fact that people are having that conversation and that he is in the middle of this big, huge thing um, in Canadian business, uh, you know, that kind of makes it a story. And I, again, I don't think that's, that's a good place for him, but I'm not saying he's in conflict. Where'd he go? <laughs> Where did he go? No response. Okay. I think we have just a teensy bit of time left. Bob in Mississauga. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, question, with all the problems at long-term care that's been going on, uh, am I right to ask the question, since Hazel McCallion is chief elder for one of those companies? Rivera, why yeah. Been, why has she been quiet, or have I just missed something? Uh, you know, I interviewed her back last February for her 100th birthday, um, and uh, she uh, did sort of answer that. Um, you know, she didn't sort of shut me down. Uh, and I have to go back and see what she said. And basically, she said, if there's anybody who does anything bad, they should, you know, be called to account. Uh, but you're right. And in general, that company has not had the greatest record. Uh, there are people who are upset that the company also, you know, pays big dividends to shareholders. But, um, you know, I would have to go back and look at what she said. And I don't think she's been asked about it since then. Yeah. Uh, we well, ran the interview um, several times. But, yeah, I, I, she did kind of answer the question. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a fair question. I might be wrong, but my own opinion is uh, I think she should... Uh, She's respected, so I think she should say something. Okay, well, or she should say more. Bob in Mississauga, thanks very much for your call. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. I'll be back here on Monday. Everybody, happy Halloween. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to the one, the original Free-for-all Friday. Of course, it is the day that we talk about 
what you want to talk about. So give us a shout. Now, just before we hit air today, as you heard in Bob's news, there are new guidelines for who is eligible for a booster shot. We talked about booster shots a little earlier this week. And, uh, you know, one of the things that came up is that older people in the community were clamoring for booster shots. Some of them say receive home care services, and they don't even know if the people coming to help them out are vaccinated. So this should clear the way, at least if they are between the ages of 70 and 79. Also, Everyone who received two shots of AstraZeneca is eligible. Uh, and that means uh, a lot of people who uh, are younger than 70 to 79. Uh, I also got two shots of AstraZeneca. The one thing I am not clear on is do you have to wait six months or is five months uh, fine to get that booster shot. So this is very good news. I'd like to hear from you. Are you happy? Are you going to go out to get your booster shot? The other thing that the authorities have been telling us is that uh, you can take both shots together. No problem. You can take a regular flu shot and a COVID shot at the same time. So uh, I want to know, is anybody planning on doing that? And yesterday when we talked to the Associate Medical Officer of Health for Toronto, she said that at those big clinics, they will have both flu shots and COVID shots. I imagine most pharmacies will too, but you should probably check with your pharmacy with your doctor's office, if they have the stock of whatever you need, uh, if you want to take two shots at once and kind of get it all done and out of the way. You know, on the whole subject of flu shots, a lot of people are expecting a bad season. They are expecting a a resurgence because last year we had virtually no flu. And remember, we were in heavy lockdown and we were still thinking that COVID could be transmitted by surfaces. So people were wildly careful about not touching anything, disinfecting, all of that distancing. And of course, we're still doing it, but maybe not quite as meticulously. So yeah. Also yesterday, Rod Phillips introduced a whole new long-term care bill, uh, which seems to address a lot of the problems. Uh, nursing homes can be fined up to a million dollars if they don't fulfill their obligations. Now, they can be fined now. Problem is they never are. Uh, inspectors, they hired, are hiring twice as many inspectors, but now the inspectors will have the power to lay a charge on their own without having to go through a whole bureaucratic thing, you know? And, um, is this a good thing? Uh, there are people who are still saying the act doesn't cover it. The new law doesn't cover it. And at the end of the day, I think the minister himself said the proof is in the pudding. Uh, you know, the law is one thing and enforcement is another thing. So what do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Miriam, Miriam in Etobicoke. Hello, Miriam. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Mm, not too good with all of these um, handouts that Rod Phillips is announcing lately. 
Um, let's not forget, my fellow Ontarians, that 4,022 deaths occurred in long-term care in the past two years. What was done? Nothing. What was their preventative? Nothing. My mother's in a senior home. I came in today to feed her. She's 97 years old. On my mother's floor, there are 26 residents. 90% of them are in wheelchair, and more than half of them are in their 90s. They did not get one extra set of hands during the past two years as far as PSW workers go concerned. The only help that they got was from the health department where they uh, came in with the custodial staff and they split the floor. They had two people on the floor instead of one. So you see, Mr. Ford has $2.6 billion, not million, not hundreds of thousands, not a thousand, extra money from COVID that he could have used, but he chose not to. So my fellow Ontarians, wake up and smell the coffee. Bro. Okay, Miriam, there is one point I want to make. They are putting more money. There's a huge staffing shortage. I don't of know. Course. Do you know how many have left my mother's uh, long-term Exactly. Care home? So, so do you think it's just more money? They are putting more money in. Do you think it's just more money? No one's lining up. No one is lining up. I mean, you know, they can't pull these people out of the hat. Um, I think they're not he's, going to give them a crash course. Well, I hope it's not a crash course. I hope they're properly trained, don't you? Don't, of course I do. And by the way, he says by the year 2025, each resident will have four hours, right? <laughs> 2025, that in, good. Libby, that is in a butterfly program where there's about 100 and 125 residents in a nursing home. Here where my mother is, there's 300. Wow, yeah, that's, um, you know, okay, I, I think... Like, please, wake up and smell the coffee brewing. Okay, well, are, are you willing to give them a chance to see if this improves things? No, 4,022 deaths are no longer with us. Okay, I'm not sure that's exactly the number, that was but... That the number yesterday. Yesterday, okay. All right, Miriam, um, we hear you. Thanks for your call. Okay, we have another call on this. Bella in Oshawa. Hi, Bella. Hi. Well, my comment is that, yes, he's doing all this for inspection and that, but there's nothing saying that there's going to be more beds or more building of these homes. My husband is on a list. He is at Alzheimer's since 2015, and he is number 60 on a list. Of the, that's the least list. With the lead, you know, everything else has got 100, 150 well, waiting ahead of him. Well, they, they are building more homes and they keep releasing these RFPs, these uh, calls for proposals for building the homes. That doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But, I mean, this is just, like I say, he's number 60. The girl, the worker I'm working with said, you're looking at four to five years. Are you getting some help at home? I'm getting some help at home. I work full time and I am getting some help. And he is in a program, but he is now getting worse. He's, as I tell people, he's six foot, two hundred, almost 200 pounds. And he's a two-year-old. Oh, dear. So, I mean, he was up yesterday morning at five o'clock wandering around. So I had to get up with him. I, I, you know, that's so tough. And, you know, when you talk, when I talk to some people, it's like, well, you know, they can't do anything. It's up to the government and the government isn't. It's like, well, the, it's like the, they forgot that there's. 
if lots, he, and there's going to be more in the next 10 years. Y- of course there are. Um, I've, I've heard from people that, I mean, if there's any change, you can get in on an emergency basis. Yes, and that, but when they said that, I'm in Durham Region, and what I was told is, you know, it has to be like a real emergency. It has to be something where he's wandered or he's out of, he's gotten physical, you know, that sort of thing. And he hasn't done any of that. He hasn't wandered. He hasn't gotten physical. And even in Emerge, it would be like he could end up in Toronto, Mississauga or something. He wouldn't necessarily be in the Durham region. Yeah, that's, I mean, the situation is terrible. There's no question about it. And this is, you know, if we don't talk about this and get this out into the public more, and I mean, I'm a CART member, I follow Zoomer, if we don't do more of this, he's going to get back in and we're still going to not get what we need for seniors. Yeah. Because I can't imagine in the next 10 years how many people are going to die before they get into a home. Yeah. And a lot of people uh, after after what happened with COVID, uh, you know, <laughs> frankly, want to die before they get into a home. They don't want to yeah. go into a home. Well, but it, that's it. There's a couple homes in Durham Region. I wouldn't put them in. And I and they said, why? And I said, because I've toured them and I wouldn't put an animal in there, let alone a person. Yeah, especially a person I love. Well, Bella, um, thanks for telling us about your situation. It sounds really tough. And um, uh, I'm glad you're getting a little bit of help. One uh, but, other thing, Libby, yep. is I'm getting respite yep. in the next couple of weeks. I have to pay for it. It is in a private nursing home, and it's $125 a day. Yeah, well, you know what? It probably costs a lot more than that to, to keep someone in a private nursing home. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying because that's the other thing. The long-term care homes that are government-run that have respite, they haven't been allowed to open respite yet. And this has been, like, for the full two years. Okay, yeah, so I wonder, you, that's a good question to ask if they're going to do that, and I guess it depends on outbreaks. And, um, yeah, you know, now that the vaccine mandate is in effect, I believe, in nursing homes, then maybe they can open the respite care. Yeah. But when I talk to the workers at the Lynn, which is what I deal with, oh dear, they say they have no idea. They do have they no have idea. Been. I've dealt yeah. with the Lynn too, and that's something. I mean, just to talk about that again, the Ford government campaigned on a promise to get rid of the Lynns. It's another level of bureaucracy. It takes up a mm. lot of money, and yeah. uh, they haven't gotten to it yet. No. Well, and it took me, I mean, four different people I've been partnered with at the Lynn to this last one who seemed to understand what I was trying to say without saying we can't do anything. She has really worked tirelessly for me to get me a few more hours of care and that sort of thing. But, as you know, it, this has been ongoing since 2015. Okay. And I just, I'm a, I, I mean, I'm 70, he's 71. I can't imagine people 
that don't have people that are, I mean, at least I can push for things for him and that I can't imagine older couples that have got, you know, haven't got the energy or the know-how. Well, you know what? Good, good for you that you're doing it. And uh, I hope you get your respite so you don't burn (laughs) out because you have a tough job on top of a full-time job. Well, I got to say, thank God for my sister in the States who said, you need some time off. And she sent me the money to cover it because I wouldn't have been able to cover it. Well, I thank God for my sister, Dorothy. And, (laughs) you know, because it's, it is expensive. And uh, I don't, yeah. I don't even make what PSWs make. So, <laughs> Bella, thanks a lot for your call. Have a good weekend. Happy Halloween. You too, and you too, and thank you for listening. Okay, thanks, Bella. Bye now. Bye bye. This is a a very tough situation, uh, a really tough situation, and you know the physical aspect. She's taking care of her husband. He's a big guy. Um, you know, if she has to help him do stuff, I mean, it's, it's really tough and, um, you know, people deteriorate and it's hard to watch that, you know, in with the best of care, it's, it's very hard to, uh, deal with. And it's hard to see on anyone, you know, last night we had a neighbor over that we hadn't seen for a while. I mean, we see her when she's outside raking leaves or, or something like that. She's older. I think she's about 85 and she's a sharp woman, um, former teacher. And, um, you know, she was losing words and I don't know what that is. Was it mild cognitive impairment? But, uh, I think probably it was, exacerbated. It was made worse because of the pandemic. And even though, you know, you see people on the street, probably had, you know, fewer visits from her kids, in-person visits, all of that, even though, you know, we see people coming and going from there. And it's, you know, it's difficult. What can I say? It's difficult. And I thought, boy, um, we should probably have her over a little more often. Um, she seemed really happy to be sitting in a room with people she knows. Anyway, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's free for all Friday. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. Right now, I have to take a break, and we will be back with more of your calls and your comments. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.